welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. We are your personal echo chamber of hating everything and liking nothing. And today we're going to talk about Valve's Steam Deck, our first impressions. We got our hands on one. It's exciting. And Tunic, since all three of us have now had a chance to play it. Before before, before we- you get any further... If you're just coming to the show because I was on DLC, the personal chamber, echo chamber of hating hating everything and liking nothing is, in my opinion, meant to be facetious. So Yeah, it's absolutely facetious, <laughs> but in in outside of the podcast and video games, I actually do hate everything and like nothing. <laughs> Fair enough. So but I wanted to I wanted to let anybody know in case, you know, they waited two weeks to download an episode of our show and try it out. That uh, they they're they're aware that we're not. We don't always yeah, they're, hate everything. They're gonna walk away from this with the, the the attitude of like that. John guy's a real asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but the views of John do not reflect also the, true. The, the views of all of the game nerds. <laughs> Correct. Anyway. Back to your intro, John. Sorry. Yeah. Before we get to all of that stuff about video games and things, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGamers.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive. Well, check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K, Alan K, Dave Steele, and Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. They come out in the off weeks of normal episodes, but if you're a patron, you get it the next day. So that's super exciting, something to look forward to. Uh, you also get access to Tiny Terrors, which are the horror movie yearbook side quests, basically. Uh, and they've got one more that they do. I can't remember what they call it, though. The Honor Roll. Yeah, the Honor Roll. Where Tim talks so, about more recent horror movies and uh, and... And some of them make it to the Tim's list, which is like the Dean's list for the honor roll. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, look forward to that on the patron Patreon as a patron of the Patreon. <laughs> as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can subscribe to us on Twitch as well. If you don't want to do Patreon, totally understand. Uh, maybe you want to take some money away from Jeff Bezos and you use your free Amazon Prime subscription that you get from Amazon Prime to give it to us. So think about that. Yes. Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes. The uh, Horror Movie Book Boys uh, just put out an episode because they went to the Horror Hound Horror Convention in uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio two weeks ago. So please check out their uh, their wrap up their summary of of that show uh and then they're gonna have a tiny terror out they found a place called jungle gyms in cincinnati it's apparently a very large like market where they sell all kinds of crazy stuff and apparently nikki bought a bunch of weird flavored lays like the kind you would find in japan hmm. that are that's like, awesome you know uh wasabi oyster or whatever i don't know what it is do they carry like Polish butter flavored chips? They potentially could. They 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 very well might. Uh, but I know the tiny terror is them eating a bunch of potato chips. So if you don't like hearing people eat things on a microphone, maybe Oof. don't check that one out. But if you do, or you want to hear about all the crazy flavors that they got, uh, please make sure you go check out the tiny terror that comes out this Friday for non patrons and is already out if you are a patron. There you go. And then they will have a uh, multimedia out soon about 
the first three Mega Man games and how they were kind of adapted into a TV series. So please check that out soon as well of special note to people who like video games. Yup. Has anybody played anything else other than (laughs) Tunic and like Elden Ring? Or do we want to talk about Elden Ring? I can talk about Elden Ring for a lot. Well, I know that Brian finished Horizon. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You did. Um, I will say very quickly, I started Kirby, but um, I started it at about midnight, and I slept through maybe five of the ten minutes that I played. So (laughs) I might try that again at some time in the future. Well, friend that's of the show, really Chad, like. said it's a 9.5 out of 10 in his book. So well, I think great. he said he already finished it. I've yes. heard very good things about it, and uh, but I've also heard that it's just very much a Kirby game, and there's not like a whole lot that's too impressive otherwise. So, you know, take that for what you will. Um, but yeah. So, Brian, how, how did you find the end of Horizon? Without spoilers, obviously. Um, the actual gameplay aspect of it, the boss fights you kind of have to do are terrible, in my opinion. Like, I felt like everything I did throughout the game leading up to that point didn't prepare me at all. It was just like a shit show. Mm. And that was disappointing. Looked cool. See, I didn't have that issue because all the combat was always a shit show for me. Oh, no, I was finally starting to get good, and I had a flow, and nothing seemed to work against that boss, other than just, you know, being frustrated the whole time. But I mean, I still beat her and my, it, whatever, the boss, in my uh, first try, so it wasn't that bad. It just... It felt very sloppy. It was unsatisfying. And that was a bummer. Story-wise, that game was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. through and through. Like, I didn't think... I, I really didn't expect too much of the story for the second outing, to be honest. Like, I, I didn't really know where they were going to take it. And I didn't think they would take it further in the way they did. And, like, I'm really pumped to see... I feel like it's probably going to be a three and done kind of story arc. Yeah. The way things are going. And uh, I'm really looking forward. That would be forward. called a trilogy. Yeah. I, yes, exactly. The, one of them three and duns. <laughs> <laughs> you guys seen the Star Wars three and done? <laughs> I like the first three and done a lot. The second three and done. <laughs> not so good. The third one. And the third okay. three and done was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> The third three and done had a lady at the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, overall, I was enjoying the game enough to where I got all but six of the trophies. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to play some Tunic for a little while. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of do want to go back. I'm not like totally sick of it, mm-hmm. but there, I, I think I need to look up what those trophies are because there are some activities in the game that I have zero interest in trying to get the trophy for if those are the trophies. Judging by the fact that I got the plat for 
I think for Ghost of Tsushima and also for Spider-Man, I think Sony's been making it easier to get the Platinums. It doesn't necessarily mean that you'll want to do all the activities. Like, it might well, just suck, but... It, it's probably, a, like, a psychological thing where, like, if, if your friends see that you got a Platinum in a game, it makes you go want to buy it, you know, well, or your friends I, go out go out and buy it. Generally, I feel like the thing that stops me from getting the Platinum a lot of times is when it's, like, Beat it on extreme difficulty. Beat it on the masochist difficulty. And I'm n- I'm never going to do that. I don't, like, I certainly would never be able to do that in Horizon because I'm already bad at the combat at normal difficulty. But, like, I would never go as so far as to go two notches above normal, you know. So right. the fact that they've kind of backed away from doing that sort of thing on a lot of the games... um makes it a lot easier for me to be like, oh, if I just need to check all the boxes in this open world game to get this plat, then I'm more likely to do it. So, you know, I I bet it's attainable, Brian, but like you said, you might be forced to do an activity in the game that you don't really like very much, and that might be kind of... Yeah. You can save that for last, so you get super sick of the game at the very end when you're done. I did complete some of the side activities. Um, Like, I went and did... All of the uh, hunting grounds, like, mm-hmm. to achieve max score and all of those, whatever. Um, and it, it's worthwhile, I guess, for the reward. Um, and those are kind of fun. And they're fair, I feel. Like, they can be difficult, but they're still pretty fair. Yeah. The arena mode, I don't know if you ever got to that. That's kind of, like, set up as endgame content, in my opinion. Because there's a leaderboard for it and all. And it's basically like they said they pitch you against uh, certain machines and you have to defeat them in, within a certain time frame. And if you don't beat that time, then you won't get any reward for it. Hmm. And <laughs> that's a bit frustrating because yeah. they're very difficult. And, um, yeah, like the last, they don't post leaderboard times for the first few activities, like per tier, but then the last challenge is the one where you can uh, have your score uploaded. And that one, they give you a set loadout. So it's like even more frustrating because whatever you're used to using, you can't you're necessarily use. To, yeah. And they kind of give you crappy loadouts, in my opinion. Like, they, the first one, uh, the first tier, like, difficulty tier, the last match is a basically a rematch against the Slitherfang. Mm. And it is uh, pretty ridiculous. You have to do it under five minutes Damn. with, like, some of the most garbage weapons, in my opinion. <laughs> Well, they if they're doing leaderboards, then they got to make everybody equal, right? The, the, the only idea. thing that, that bothers me, like, that's fine. Like, you can go through the whole game and ignore that stuff. But what bothers me is they have the highest tier weapons locked behind that activity. Oh, really? So the hunting grounds don't have that stuff anymore? Or do they no, have some of it? No, they don't. Okay. You get one. Um, I mean, that's not much of a spoiler. You get one legendary weapon at the end of doing all the hunting grounds wow okay yes well 
Yeah. No, I didn't touch the arena at all. I got the mission to, like, get it open, but I never did it because I was just critical pathing the whole thing. So, but I do want to go back, like you said, and play more of it. Um, I mean, yeah, most of the very rare stuff you can unlock is plenty good enough anyways. And I think I collected all of them in the game. I think I finished the game without using any like orange weapons or armor. So I'm talking I, the the purples are the very rare. Okay. So I had a couple purples, I think. Yeah, but. the legendary are the the orange ones and those ones to my knowledge, you can get one from the hunting grounds and then you can get one set of armor if you do like that salvage quest line yeah. that takes forever. Yeah. And but everything else legendary is locked behind the arena, which is kind of absurd. And it wasn't like that in the first game. Yeah. Um, but how, like I said, at least on normal difficulty, it's not necessary to have that stuff. It's just kind of a bummer that I put 90 something hours in the game and I'd probably have to put another like two dozen in to get weapons. And then I'd have no use for them because I'm done with the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's how I felt about getting the sweet armor in the first one. It was like by the time I got that sweet armor with like the that you get the power cells to unlock mm-hmm. that you like discover two minutes into the game, but you can't get until like way later. And then I beat the game before I even got that armor, and I couldn't, I didn't use it for anything. So yeah, but anyway. Yeah, I definitely want to talk to you more about the story in a yeah. spoilery if way. Like a, if you're like a true collector, then like, you know, it doesn't matter about beating the game. You just collect the things, man. Okay. Well, Overall, uh, <laughs> the frustrations I was having with like some of the machine combat, I I got over. I got used to it. It was really pretty good overall. I'd say they just kind of overly complicated things. I think mm-hmm. they added too many skills. Yeah, And it to the point to where you, it's hard, like there's so many skills that I didn't even use a bunch of them and maybe yeah. I should have been using them, but I have no idea because like, there's just too much to choose from. Um, and the melee combat is kind of garbage, I think. And adding complexity to that didn't make it any better either. It's Did you just, do... you need to be able to block in some way. Did you do any of the melee pits? Yeah, those are terrible. Okay, I did like, none I, of them. I was I breezing through what, them. What award they gave? Uh, I think you get like a better spear. Like it, it hits a little harder than the normal base spear in the game. Well, maybe that might help <laughs> a little bit. But once again, it's at the end of the activity. So. But even then, I'm, like, I'm not totally sure. All I'm hearing is like, I played this game for 90 hours and it is terrible. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's I, not though. I was it's having not. fun with it, but I'm just trying to tell you the parts that I didn't like. <laughs> I think the, no, the I know, thing, but it's, it's like, yeah, that's just like, I feel like how people nor, like anybody listening to this would, would just hear like, oh, he played it for 90 hours and it's that bad. Like, I'm just wow. trying to live <laughs> up to your slogan that you put at the beginning. I think, I think it's not my people... slogan. It's, it's Zach's slogan that we're using. <laughs> That he if came up for, with it for us. Listen to our previous discussions on Horizon. I think we arrived at the solution of it is more of the same and it's a lot more of the same, which could really go either way, depending on how you felt about the first Horizon game. But like, I just I like I I haven't listened to the last few like triple click episodes because like I just they haven't had topics that really 
are interesting to me at all. Mm-hmm. But like, it makes me wonder if like Jason Schreier came back at it and was like, Horizon Forbidden West is the most AAA ass game of all time, which he said was Days Gone. But I feel like originally it was Days Gone in his opinion. But I wonder if like this, like if Forbidden West falls more into that now. You know what I mean? Like, is it the most AAA ass AAA game that you've ever seen? Like. Does it check all the boxes of, like, tons of collectibles and achievements, and there's, you know, a huge open world map with, like, uh, towers and things you have to climb to, like, get a good vantage point, and, like, you can oversee the land and, like, all kinds of, like, other... You know what I mean? Does Does it fit the bill for that or not really? I don't think it fits the bill for that because the derogatory there, in my opinion, is, like, the game is made by committee and they just tried to make it the most triple a game they possibly could. I think there's a lot of choices in horizon that are very good. And I think the story is incredible. Like I, I, and it's not, that's not what I expected to get out of that game, even though I liked the first story very much. Um, but, but it's a lot of game and I can't, here's the thing. If I was 16 years old and I bought this game and I could play it for 200 hours and keep doing new content, that's great. Yeah. But for the Jason Schreiers and the us's out there that are like, I want to play more games to have more thoughts that I can talk about on this podcast, it's a little bit harder to kind of be like, oh, yeah, so I'm in hour 195 and I just beat the final arena match and, you know... So it's kind of, it's, it's almost like two, it's one of those things that I think when you're someone who listens to podcasts and reads reviews and all that type of thing, you have to come at it from a different lens of like, there's some people that want to buy a game and play it for as long as they, they want to wring that 60 or $70 of all that they can get out of. Mm-hmm. And that is something you can do with horizon for a long time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can, I get that. I, I guess like. I don't know, like, how many times was this delayed, and, like, how much crunch did they get put under? I'm just curious, because, like, how does that correlate to the amount of content in the game, and, like, what is not necessary? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, we won't know how much crunch they were put under. It was probably a lot. It only got delayed once, I think, because they didn't announce a release date. They just Yeah, they just held back the release date until they felt felt pretty confident with it. Yeah. And they still were wrong, and they had to delay it. But, um... You know, I, I, it's a, it's a weird schism in video games, quote unquote journalism of like, do, do you should, if there's more of a thing that you once thought was good, is that good or bad? And, and I think it all comes down to personal taste is the problem, but you know, I, I think for what it's worth, I think the story in that game is incredible. I think there's a lot of it if that's what you want to do. But right now, in the golden age of video games that we're standing in, it's really hard for me to be like, spend all of your time on Horizon. And then, you know, I think what Brian did for somebody who really, really enjoyed the game and the mechanics of the game, that's perfect. And now you can move on and play some more stuff, right? You'll yeah. come back to it at some point if you want to, like, mop up and get those last few trophies, but, like... Yeah, I mean, there's a, probably at least a dozen side quests I haven't even finished. And I think the thing is, there's so many different activities when we talk about the arena versus the melee pit versus the salvage missions versus uh, collecting the uh, the 
the orb things that have the emotes on them and like yeah like there's so i got many, all those too <laughs> yeah there's so many different types of activities that it's not all of them are going to be hits for everybody there's probably somebody out there that loves the melee pit there's probably someone out there that loves the arena and if it just didn't hit for brian then that's that's something different, the melee but. pit was okay like i it <laughs> I probably just said it's garbage, but I mean, <laughs> I, what just bothers me about melee combat in that game in general is every once in a while there's an enemy that you can use your, your role and your dodge and you still can't get away from their attack. Mm-hmm. So then what the hell, like, why can't I block? Like, am I just supposed to take damage? I don't like games that force me to take damage. Like, I, there should always be a way around it. If well, you're really good, the bigger it's problem funny you to say me, that because that's how I feel about tunic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get there. The melee. <laughs> I feel like the melee. The problem is with Horizon. The melee in the end is just not super varied. But I think that's a criticism coming from someone who didn't unlock any skills or use them at all. So maybe it's a different story if I had skills that were good for the melee. There stuff, are right? actually some good skills, and you probably yeah. should have put some points into that. But but the thing is, for me, is that in that game, once you get to melee, that means you probably fucked up. Because you should have been using traps. You should be using your bow from far away. The melee feels like you failed. It, Solid Snake was seen by a genome soldier, soldier and needs to shoot everybody. Now. Yes. That's what the melee is. And so that's why any, that's that's one of the reasons why I like never enjoy it. Because it feels very sloppy. And it's not super... like. It doesn't feel as engaging as, like, you know, I'm going to pick this weakness and I'm going to shoot off this part. And, like, the, that, that to me, is the meat and potatoes of Horizon. Yeah. And you've messed up when you're just nailing R1 to try and hit all the the, the enemies. So, anyway. Agreed. That's probably enough about Horizon for now. And that's how I play Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I got to reach out to our favorite uh, Promature Tech Decker. Uh, cause he didn't, he, I don't think he responded to me. Maybe he's mad at me because of the photo and title that I gave him on that side quest, but, um, hopefully not. And hopefully he'll talk about horizon spoilers with us. I'll call him tomorrow or something. There you go. Yeah. So John, I hear you don't like tunic. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan yet. I, I don't feel like it's sunk its teeth in me. I also have only played it for maybe 45 minutes to an hour tops. Mm-hmm. Um, give it a little bit longer. Part of my issue with it is the combat. Like I like certain aspects of the combat. Like I, I dig the, the L2 to lock on thing is a really nice mechanism as opposed to like tapping something for, uh, uh, for like Elden Ring or any dark souls or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's, um, there's no signifier when the enemies are going to attack. They just attack randomly. And Mm. I find I have an issue with that. Mm. Unless maybe I don't have the volume turned up high enough or something, and there's an audio cue of some sort that I'm missing. I um, think it's. A I did only play cue. it. I did only play it on the Steam Deck, and uh, it uh. plays great. It plays great on the Steam Deck. It mm-hmm. is. It is made for that device. A hundred percent made for that device. Um, but I'm just not really like the combat. I'm not. I. I. It hasn't. I haven't found my groove. Let's put it that way. Because with Elden Ring or like Dark Souls or Bloodborne or any other Soulsborne style combat game, there's a groove. You can even say Breath of the Wild had a groove to it too. Like there's, you kind of have to find that in the combat, and then it becomes 
a finesse and I feel like I don't have the finesse yet. And it's probably because I was so when I, when I find my groove in Elden ring at the beginning, I do a lot of button mashing. And so this is very similar (laughs) to that. I button mash until I find like my, 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 my groove, my, my combo, my chain, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm not really feeling that beyond that. It is absolutely gorgeous. It is a beautiful game. The art style is so fucking cool. And this, like, is the character's name Tunic? What is the fox's name? Is that a spoiler? You, okay, don't say anything. All I'm the, saying is the char- he should be... The character's be... name is not Tunic. The character like, I has know... a name that is translatable in the manual. Okay, yeah, so I won't... We won't... Okay, hmm. it's probably something totally cute and awesome, too, because not, he's adorable. It's actually fucking epic, and it's awesome. Fox. But yeah, I... okay, that's cool. Either way, like, he needs to be Finji's, like, mascot, like Mario is to Nintendo, and, mm-hmm. and Sonic is to Sega, and Master Chief is to Xbox. Like, he is Finji's mascot, 100%, and he's so cool-looking, and the music is awesome, like there are very f- there's so many few things to dislike about this game that me being angry about the combat is should just be shoved aside. It doesn't matter that I'm angry about can the combat. I, I will question? find my groove in this game. I just haven't had a chance to figure it out yet. But it is infuriating to get caught. I've I found myself caught several times between multiple enemies, and I'm just getting gang banged like left and right. You know, well, where I'm stuck I mean, between. that'll stop really soon. Honestly. That's your, well, that number one, it, what have you learned from Dark Souls is like trying to pull them one at a time, you know? Also, my question, are have you only do you only have the stick? Did you get I do only yet? have the stick. Yeah, it, I have the stick change. and I have yeah. the stick and I have the potion and I have I picked up some other consumable that I don't remember what it is. But yeah, again, know. I've only I've only <laughs> played for 45 it. minutes to an hour. Like I really I shouldn't be talking about it because no. I haven't given it enough of a go, but it it is like honestly everybody can afford this game and <laughs> it's worth every penny. I bought it four times accidentally on one day. <laughs> I bought also, it like, it's on you, Game Pass. I, I got a free copy from you and I bought it anyways for Steam Deck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's on Game Pass. Like it, it, it's just, it is worth every penny. Just I can, even though I'm not that far into it, I can already tell how cool of a game it is, and I, I just, I want more people to play it. There's something that I could reveal that I feel like would get you a little bit more excited for it, but I also feel like it's kind of a spoiler. And when I found out about it, my mind was blown, and it made me really happy. So maybe I'm not gonna. Maybe I'm yeah, not going to say it. I mean, normally but. I'm all for spoilers because I don't care, but like I I need to find my groove in this game. Like I'm, I'm and I'm going to do it. I felt just as frustrated with Breath of the Wild at first and again, like most Dark Souls games, as soon as soon as you find that groove to the combat is when everything becomes fun. Yeah, when and does that happen with Elden Ring cuz it hasn't <laughs> happened for me? You're probably playing the wrong playstyle then. You need to change your character. Like you, you need, no one should ever do... start Elden Ring or any kind of Dark Souls with one character and just go. Like it doesn't work. You've got to kind of fuck around. But that's and, how like, I fig- would start an Elder Scrolls game. 
that Elder Scrolls and Elden Ring or or Soulsborne are totally different. They're all <laughs> well, different. And it's, it's an well, open world this, fantasy game. So. We're starting to have different. This is, we'll get to the Elden Ring conversation, I guess, and we're never going to talk let, about let's Steam Deck. Talk more tunic. Uh, yeah, since so, we're on it. Uh, I'll I'll just say, John. I hope I do hope you stick with it. I think it gets better when you get rid of the stick, which should happen pretty quickly for it, you. That changes um, everything in does. M- multiple ways, honestly. And uh, and I will say, like the enemies do have animations. It is it is very very soulsy in terms of like recognizing when you're about to get hit and using your dodge roll that has in- invincibility frames to get away from that. In time. which the manual tells you about. Yeah, if you if you're looking at the pictographs in the manual, you don't have to understand the language. You can kind of intuit some of these things. And so, like, it's I think. I think you'll find a groove. I think if you stick with it and if you have the sword, then it's like a shorter time to kill for literally everything, which helps too. Cause then there's just, you're exposing yourself to less damage in the first place. Um, and you'll find some potions as well. That'll let you, you know, and some other things that'll let you weather your, weather. Your yeah. I, I don't, more. I don't doubt that I'm going to enjoy it more. I, again, I just, I haven't given it enough time. I I've been again, still so sucked into Elden ring. It's not even funny. All right. Well, before so, we go, so there. ridiculous, so ridiculously stuck sucked into Elden Ring that I bought it a second time on the Steam Deck <laughs> to play it on the Steam Deck. I wanted to see how cool things looked on the Steam Deck. So, more anyways. on that shortly. Brian, how, what are your feelings on Tunic as someone who's played a little more than John? I felt kind of similar to John at first. That stick fucking sucks. I gotta say, <laughs> like it just makes you feel. I mean, it makes sense. It's a stick, you know. But it doesn't take that long. Maybe if you're slow, a, a little over an hour probably to get the sword and then, yeah. or whatever it is. I mean, that's not a big spoiler. Everybody, all these games have swords. Um, but that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the, I saw a tweet that somebody beat the second boss with the stick and my mind is blown because I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure I've happen. really found a boss. You found what? When I say second boss, I think you've found one. If you have the like, shield, as you said, but a larger than normal enemy who got a big life bar at the bottom of the screen. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I once found I some ass backwards way to get the shield. <laughs> so I found the and that's sword, entirely possible in this game. Is a crazy I, thing. I was a little. Yeah, until I found the shield, I would say I was a little like, I don't know, like if they don't give me the damn shield soon, I'm going to get mad because <laughs> there's a lot of opportunities where it would be really helpful and then you just don't have it. And then once you have it, you feel kind of complete. And then from there, I just feel like it's just you want to keep playing at that point because by at that time, you found a lot of things probably accidentally that are secret Mm -hmm. and they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. And like that's, and then you start finding more pages of the manual and you see this stuff and you sort of, you're like, Oh, so these items are for that and whatever. And it just slowly unravels and makes you want to keep playing more. And yes, it helps that it's gorgeous to look at. And the Fox is super cute and customizable actually. Yeah, yeah. If you find the the room, the secret room, mm-hmm. but <laughs> but I'm not telling um, you where it's at. 
Yeah. I mean, I've talked a lot about Tunic on uh, both a bonus episode with Rick and uh, over on DLC. So if anybody hasn't listened to that, uh, Tunic's probably my game of the year. And I think it's amazing. Steam says I've put about 53 hours into it. Really? Wow. With me sitting down on my birthday, spending about four or five hours translating one page of the manual. Um, but using <laughs> that one page to figure out the language, which is, it's, it's great. It's so much fun to me. And you could play, you could finish this game without ever understanding that language and be happy with it. And it'd probably take you about 20 hours and you'd be about fine. Um, maybe less than that, even if you really don't. Like, if you're not really looking for a lot of the secrets, but I, like John said, I think everything, everything about this game, from the way it looks, to the way things sound, to the music that's in it, the way that, uh, the level, Brian, you mentioned earlier in the chat, like, the level design is very, very cool. I feel like there's nothing about this game that I don't like, and there are so many secrets, and, like, the nostalgia of having an instruction booklet in the game that is teaching mm-hmm. you things and you know the more you look at it the more you might understand about something and then you pick up a new page and it tells you hey here's this thing that you haven't thought about but is totally something that you can do and guess what you've been able to do it since the beginning you just didn't know about it <laughs> that kind of thing <laughs> happens multiple times in the game and i just i it there are multiple times where i feel like it kind of pulls out the rug from under you and it's just like hey guess what You've kind of been an idiot. This is a video game, and these are things you can do in it. And uh, and I kind of like that about it. Um, and so I think everybody should play Tunic. It's $30. It's on Game Pass. You can go buy it from Itch. You can play it on Mac. You can play it on your Steam Deck if you have a Steam Deck. Um, it's, it's appropriate for all ages. Yeah, it's very, very good. and uh, And I love it. And I hope more people play it, because... It's incredible. I think it's very good. And the other thing is, like, if you feel like the challenge gets to be too much at some point, there's also a no-fail mode in the menu. So if you just want to experience the world and the things around it and find secrets, and you want to be able to just button mash through the combat, you can do that. If you want to turn on the no-fail mode, go ahead and do it. I didn't realize that was an option. It's available. They should just call it like. Why don't they call it God mode? Like, is God mo- is that like offensive to people? Or somebody get like offended when you hear the word God and you're like, oh, oh I can't, I can't use God mode. Maybe it's copyrighted. Oh, that's, by, that's against uh, my. That's that's against my atheism to use God mode. Oh. Maybe it's copyrighted by uh, by id. by id software. Yeah. No, I don't know. It might not even be called no fail mode. It might just be something. I can't. You know, I'm gonna boot I was up say, look this pull Steam, it up on deck the Steam Deck and figure right it out here. <laughs> and uh, and look into what it's called. <laughs> But anyway, oh. while I'm doing that, John, how do you like the Steam Deck that you purchased? <clears throat> um, okay, so t- funny story. Uh, it's actually Alex's, and I bought it off of him for everybody, <laughs> so you all know. And mine will be shipping soon, according to what the rumors are out there right now, which Alex may or may not decide to keep. It is completely up to him. I think the Steam Deck is the coolest thing in the world right now. It is it works perfect for one. Like it is incredible how like they, they've, they've found a way to make really nice hardware affordable and it performs well. And there you go. There's your no fail mode, no fail mode. And there's also a no stamina restrictions mode. So basically like 
even if you run out of stamina, um, number one, things won't do more damage to you because that's a mechanic in the game. But number two, you can also still dodge roll. So anyway, sorry. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, no, you're good. Um, I I just I let me see. I wrote I wrote a whole bunch of stuff down when somebody else asked me my thoughts on the Steam Deck, and I meant to pin it and like pull it up, but I can't remember if I did that. Which I probably didn't. Um, somewhere in there. But basically, the the Steam Deck is such an incredible piece of hardware at such an affordable price. And if if I'm going to make any complaints about it, the, the complaints are very minute and they're very like they don't matter. Like as 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 much as it, as as much as they are complaints, they don't matter. And these are my complaints. The first complaint is. I can't access my whole Steam library. Like, it's not all functional on the Steam Deck. And the reason I say that doesn't matter is because I'm not going to fucking play any of the other 128 <laughs> games that I have. I'm only going to play, like, the newest ones. And most of them are going to have, like, some Steam Deck compatibility. Uh, for instance, Cyberpunk. It, it has a warning that says it's not fully compatible, but it is playable, quote-unquote. And I don't remember exactly what it says. Something about how some stuff's hard to read or something like that. That's that's where it's not compatible. Is apparently some of the text may be difficult to read because it's small. Big whoop. Who cares? Uh, CD Projekt Red went in there and made their own like settings for the Steam Deck specifically. And when you look at that game on the Steam Deck, it is unbelievable how awesome it looks. I played it, it looks- and I was shocked. Like the reflections and everything look so good. It says and- here now for for cyberpunk that the only the only like not like non approved thing for it yeah is that this game requires manual configuration of graphic settings to perform well on steam deck so i don't the readable thing isn't even maybe that is part of the readable i don't know but i I could maybe i'm applying that from a different game i know pga uh 2k 21 had the readability thing but also had a um you know a thing where it's like sometimes you may have to bring up the onboard key keyboard or the on on screen keyboard on your own, which when you when I was trying to type in my avatar's name, <laughs> like I had to bring up that keyboard. Like who yeah. cares? It's such there's it's such a minute like tiny issue. It doesn't matter. Like these these that things don't necessarily ideal matter. to use the keyboard for that. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing is like the on screen keyboard isn't really ideal, and part of the reasoning uh-huh. is because your hands are so fucking far apart mm. <laughs> that you can't use your thumbs to type. You've got to like set it down on the table or go one handed with it, and like you're holding the Steam Deck in a weird manner and then trying to type with the other one. And I suppose you could hold it on the flank, but that doesn't really make sense. The interesting um, thing is, I felt like they had really good keyboard stuff for using the Steam controller uh, when you were playing mm-hmm. the Steam Link. It so probably you might be able to use that. the gyroscope with it. I don't know, like it has gyro controls, so like maybe you can use the gyro controller to like navigate the keyboard. I'm sure you can use the thumb, like the little thumb pads or whatever. But it was uh, even not like the, it was just not using, the joysticks, but it was the, just uh, the using the joystick with like a radial dial menu of different letters, and then you could press L1 or L2, yeah, to swap it to like different characters. And so you could spell out with your with your left thumb and hit the A button to confirm the the character that you wanted. So gotcha. That yeah, I feel yeah, like anyway, they'll, it's, and they're gonna just they'll get a, there with it. Yeah, the they'll thing. figure it out. And like all of these developers are, are you're gonna want people to be able to play your games on the Steam Deck. Like you're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna fix these things. I think I don't know, or at least like moving forward, like you know when when uh, PGA Two K Twenty Two comes out, like maybe they'll have it fixed or something like that. 
Yeah. Um, so that that's like my first couple minute issues. My my other minute issue is the the charger doesn't have a detachable cord. I have a problem with that. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it is it is an attached wall wart style cord. And part of my issue is oftentimes I like to use a really long cord. Like I have for my cell phone, I have like a 12 foot USB type C cord. Yeah. I would love to be able to use that cord with this device, but I can't. And I tried charging the Steam Deck from my phone charger, which is not powerful enough to charge it quickly, apparently. Um, it's it, like I, I think I had it plugged USB-C, in for like two or three hours, and it only went up like 25%. The problem with USB-C is that your it could be your adapter or it could be your cable. The cable just might not be capable of delivering the right it's, amount of power. It's not... I mean, it, there's no way it's the cable because it, it's an anchor cable. It is the thickest gauge USB-C cable I've ever seen in my entire life. And it fast charges my phone in like 25 minutes. Yeah, but do you don't like you remember all that stuff about this, the Oculus link where like you needed a specific USB-C cable to be able to do that stuff in the first place? Like the, there's USB-C is maybe like we thought USB-A and B we're like horrible but then we got to USB-C and they're like hey let's make it 40 times more difficult to understand all the things that USB-C can do yeah so i think like it, that's a problem it could be your power adapter or it could be your cable and if you had a different cable maybe it would work better for the steam deck but it's i don't know it's weird I, the the thing is there is a there's another power adapter and cable out there that could probably do what you want it to do Mm-hmm. be longer and charge at the right. same rate as the normal wall wart one. But like, yeah, I think, um, I didn't realize that. I thought, I thought it was like a separate, it, no, it's, it's weird it's that fixed. it's not is the thing. So anyway, it is, and it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't make sense, but it's also like, not like, again, it doesn't really matter. The cord's long enough. It's like a six foot cable. It It's long enough for what you need. If you got to plug it into an outlet at the airport mm-hmm. to charge or whatever, but it's just not long enough for me to plug in and then like lay back in my bed because the nearest like outlet to me is like too far away. Mm-hmm. Again, not a big deal. Um, overall, like the the desktop mode and everything seems very robust. Alex, you installed a couple emulators and things today to try <laughs> that out. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I um, I so I installed a PlayStation emulator and uh, put a I put the Kingsfield the first Kingsfield game on there and man that game controls like dog shit but anyway <laughs> that's not the Steam Deck's fault uh, nothing and, and, like using the D pad to rotate right <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. well and on top of that the funny thing like I turned on so the the emulator itself also had like performance uh, overlays and I turned that on to get the um, to get the refresh rate, the 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 frames per second, because the one that was from the Steam overlay was not correct, and okay. uh, <laughs> and the like the PlayStation game play the Kingsfield plays at like fifteen frames per second sometimes. <laughs> it's like, oof. But yeah, I mean, that's, that, I don't, I don't that's think that's very an accurate thing. emulation yeah. if you ask me. Like exactly, <laughs> if I remember correctly, that game was not great. <laughs> the game probably played at fifteen frames per that's second. It's gotta be it jarring probably, when you can play elden ring at a steady 30 frames per second on the yeah steam deck that's and, uh, yeah. uh cyberpunk for that matter i will say with the with the desktop mode like using the keyboard kind of sucks and 
the fact that I had to like go into settings and turn on a thing so that I would be able to access the SD card that I put in here. Like I needed to enable automatic mounting in the Linux distro to be able to like even find the SD card and copy things off of it. Not great, but number one, that's Linux. And number two, I don't know, like basically I think for someone like me who wants to tinker with it and do things that they're not necessarily just going to let you do right off of steam, it would be way better if I were able to buy that dock already and I could just dock it, plug in a keyboard, customize it the way that I want and then walk away with it and use it the however I want to do it. Cause there's a lot of initial setup for like emulators and some of the stuff like that. Can't you still um, use a cord for video out right now? It's just, they don't have a physical dock you can slide it into. There are USB C docks that you can use and I have one or docks or dongles, whatever you want to call them. I have one, but it did not want to work like my anchor USB C. Maybe it's just anchor shit, John. I don't know. Um, but like you should be able to plug in a hub like this and then use the HDMI to go out to a screen and plug in a keyboard with the USBs, that kind of thing. Um, but I, I can't do that with mine at the moment hmm. for some reason. Um, but like really, Man, my only- I, I hope, I hope they give the people who like already have them like preference, like preferential treatment on getting the dock. Cause that yeah. would be cool. Yeah. Or hopefully it's just easy enough to make that. They have a crap load of them, but yeah, it just says coming late spring 2022. So yeah, nah, I'm going to reserve all the docks and then sell them on eBay for 10 times the amount <laughs> back you to go. you guys. There's your business idea. Um, but yeah, like the one thing that I, that I would say that I didn't necessarily love at the get go was I didn't love the feel of the analog sticks. It's a minor nitpick, but like, I'm now used to having enough of a, like, lip on the edge because both the the switch analog sticks have that lip the dual sense has that lip my xbox controller has that lip um the there's not much of a defined lip on the steam deck ones and so it, it got it took a little bit of getting used to that said after playing like an hour of tunic on it i felt like i was calibrated and i knew what i needed to do you, you know the tops of those are capacitive too right what? yeah yeah so that, it, yeah, it knows if your thumbs are resting on them. I, I didn't play mm. through the Aperture game that they put out that probably uses that function, would be my guess, it, right? It uses all of, like, the technical things. Yeah. It's actually, it's like a nice little demo of the of the Steam Deck. They're super great at that. The one that I that I was playing with for the uh, Index, uh, called the Lab, uh, yeah. I think. Um, and they made another one that was even for touch controllers. It was, like, the Aperture Hand Lab, or I can't remember. <laughs> hand um, Lab? Yeah. Uh, but no, I think it's a really nice piece of hardware. I am probably going to buy the one that John gets when it's (laughs) awarded to him. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, I have already gotten to the point where I was waiting for all of the indie games that I want to play to come out on the switch because it's nice to just be able to have them in my hand and just play it where I'm sitting. And the thing is, is like, the Steam Deck takes that times a million because all the indie games are going to come out for, like, PC, basically. And then I can also play things like Elden Ring and Cyberpunk and everything at fairly good graphical fidelity. I, yeah. 
Like, you know? Elden Ring is legitimately mind-blowing to me that I can play that on a handheld. Like, There's a lot of people that are playing, like, Elden Ring plays better for them on their Steam Deck than it does on their powerful computer. I was going to say, it felt like I did have a hands-on experience with the Steam Deck for maybe, like, 15 minutes 20, or something. Yeah, 15, and 20 like, minutes. I, I was kind of blown away. Like, honestly... Elden Ring, even though it said it was locked at 30 frames per second, felt smoother to me than it does on PlayStation 5. <laughs> and it looks Which, a little crisper, but it's also a tiny screen, so whatever. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I, I was shocked, tried... though. It was very responsive. It, it was nice. I think it's going to, like... To me, I think it's going to vary a lot with how much people support the functions and things on it. Because I booted up... Um, I booted up Disco Elysium, and it turns out that like that game interface scales very well, so that even though you're doing a lot of reading, it's still extremely legible on the Steam Deck. Oh, which nice! Is super nice. And so, like, I think what it comes down to is how much uh, kind of control and how much people actually develop their games in a way and have accessibility features and customizability for interfaces and things that will allow them to fix any of these issues that could come up for it um i think it could be something that like really kind of breaks the mold on like handheld computers and you know the fact that like i can put emulators on it i don't have to like shadily boot it with some weird firmware in order to be able to do it like you would need to do on like a switch and that kind of thing i think uh it makes it super attractive in my opinion like it's just you know the the customizability is there for everybody who wants it and then for anybody who doesn't care but just just wants to be able to play all their games on the go i think it appeals to both the power user and just kind of casual users who who don't necessarily want to fiddle with all the dials and play kingsfield on their <laughs> steam deck for some stupid At 15 reason. F- fps I died on my second enemy, by the way, because I kept running out of stamina. I'd stab him, and I didn't run away. It was one of those octopuses with the long... Do you remember those guys? Yeah. I did, um, I did install Discord, because there is a Linux version of Discord, so that is hmm. on there. Again, weird to use that um, keyboard with it. I didn't look to see if there is an actual... Um, like speech to text function for that. Cause that would make it a lot easier. The thing has like three, four microphones on the front of it. Like, or even be like, able to, I wonder if you were playing like a rainbow six on it, if you could. And if you popped into the speech on, on discord in it and then play that way. I don't know. I just wonder if right. that, how that would sound and if it works well and that kind of thing. Speaking of rainbow six, <clears throat> I tried to play that the other day. Um, because I wanted to try out the new deathmatch mode mm. and team deathmatch, and uh, it was taking too long to find a match, so I never played. <laughs> yeah. But I'll try again and let you know how it is. Maybe it was just, um, you know, nobody wanted deathmatch in a Rainbow Six game, so I don't know. Nobody's playing it. Who knows? I'm curious though. I, I want to know what it's like. I'm sure John will talk more about the Steam Deck in the future. Are there any other thoughts you want to get out there before we... I just think it's incredible, and I'm so impressed and happy that it exists. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I might need to get one of those someday. 
You should probably put in your reservation now, because by the time you'll know you want one, it might be ready for you. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could just cancel, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's only five bucks, so why not? Cool. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to to have one of my own and maybe play around with it. I don't need it right now though, and I'm glad that it's made John very happy over the past week. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. I just, yeah. it's it's just too cool. It's just too cool. That's all. Um, do yeah. we want a, a little more Elden Ring before we get into some news? I mean, I don't really have much to say about Elden Ring other than like I've beaten one of the major bosses and I have sixty-seven hours locked in the game, so it's <laughs> it's just huge. I'm level I kinda... seventy-three, I think. I've got a level five Moonvale katana, which is sweet. And uh, I'm not trying to brag because I know there's people out there who are like you. You still fucking suck, bro. And I'm like, that's fine. You have a level I know two I dagger. <laughs> I do have a level two dagger. Um, I have a level eight dagger too. I picked up from somebody. I think I don't. Or no, it's a it's a level eight rapier. I think I don't remember. Anyways, uh, Elden Ring's just a great game, man. It's just a lot of fun. It, well, it scratches a lot of itches for me. I think I was more skeptical coming out of the last episode. I'll say at this point now, I think I have about 53 hours in the game. (laughs) um, It's clearly taken hold of me. I've only beaten two of the bosses that give you runes, great runes. So, like, uh, you know, I could still probably put it down here and not come back to it and be like, all right, I got my money's worth out of Elden Ring. But I I think I found that, like, something that I came to the realization of while we were recording DLC was like tunic is great. Cause I want to discover everything on my own and I'm not that way with Elden ring. There are people that love to do that with Elden ring. It's not me. Cause I when the minute that you give me points to put into things and I can choose. That's the analysis paralysis. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So, I need I need to do what John did and pull up that extra life wiki and just read everything and figure out what I want to do and do it that way. And it's like, if I want to be a magic user, what early stuff should I go grab? And there's all kinds of articles out there with people that are like, if you want to use magic, get these things. It's easy. Go and find them and then you'll enjoy discovering the rest of the game. And that's kind of what it unlocked for me. So I, I'm definitely appreciating the game a lot more at this point. Um, I did uh, lose about 13,000 runes earlier because I went to go, I like stupidly died fighting something. And then I was like, oh man, I got to get back into the shit. So then I ran over and unfortunately there were two elevators on the way there. And I completely forgot about the fact that I have to hit the elevator to bring in the hit the lever to bring the elevator back down. So I just fucking ran straight into the elevator pit and I lost 13,000 runes, which is like a third of a level for me at this point still. So it made me extremely sad. Uh, But by the time I fought back to where I needed to go, I had most of that back anyway. So, um, but no, it's, it's good. It's very good. And I, I'm excited to continue playing. I'm curious to see. Like, I feel like with each one of these that I play, I'm like, I should really go back and play that other one. Cause now I feel like I'll appreciate it more. So like, I feel like I'm going to reverse my way back through and go back to demon souls remake. And then I'll go back to, to Sekiro <laughs> after that to try and like, you know, 
because I really liked Sekiro. I just didn't feel like I was very good at it. Um, I was watching. It was an IGN like video article about like the history of FromSoft, mm-hmm. and they went through like all of their games leading up to Elden Ring and what makes them all so great. And I was watching some Sekiro gameplay, and I was just like, "Man, this game's fucking fast!" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because you think about how slow everything is normally in any of the other Soulsborne games. And up until, you know, or at least like Dark Souls 1 and 2 were one thing. And then Demon, or not Demon Soul, uh, Bloodborne had like a different pace to it too because they took away the ability to block and you can only parry using the gun. Like it just completely alters the way you play those games. Like each of them ha- has their own thing that's like very um, unique to each different game. And it's cool, and I dig that. But did that? Yeah, uh, Elden. What's that? D- did that video have anything about the Shadow Tower games? Uh, I don't remember, to be honest with you. So I was I only was... half paying attention to okay. it because I can't concentrate on anything ever anymore. Yeah. So. So um, the but there's there's a game called Shadow Tower for PlayStation One and Shadow Tower Abyss for PlayStation Two, and I think they both came out in the United States. Or at least the first one did. Um, but when I was listening to the guys on Waypoint talk about it, so he was like, someone once told me with Shadow Tower, it's like, hey, do you remember Kingsfield? What if you played Kingsfield, but somewhere in the game you actually got a gun? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that sounds like a, a, a much more even playing level with uh, you know having a gun hmm. compared to those octopuses with 30 foot long arms that killed me earlier today. So I might have to check that out too. Yeah, yeah, so I'll, John, you didn't you didn't play Sekiro at all, did you? I did not. That's kind of weird waiting, to me. I've been waiting for it to like really go on sale, and it it never really goes on sale. It's like hey, sixty bucks perpetually. I'm no, logged into your. I've, I'm I'm now logged into your Steam Deck. So when you get it back from me, and it shows Sekiro in your menu, and you hit it, and it says Request Access, I will give you access to Sekiro. Perfect. And you can play it on your Steam Deck. So when you Perfect. when you when you're frustrated at, at Elden Ring, you can stop playing that and pick up Sekiro and get frustrated at a different game very quickly. Is Sekiro approved? Is it certified? I'm pretty sure it's got up. the green check mark. I'll check it again. I think it does because I think so, it shows up in the top bar of like great on the deck or something like yeah. that, you know? Chad says it's but, thirty now. Yeah, I never I never played it. It's, it's 30? just I did Where's it thirty bucks? Is it I thirty bucks in this store I've, right now? Uh, I haven't played it nearly as much as I played Bloodborne or Neo, which is not really a Souls game, but pretty much is. Um, but I feel like I know you played a fair amount of Neo, and you play a samurai in Elden Ring. Nice. So I I think you would appreciate Sekiro. Well, I play a samurai in Elden Ring because everybody online was like, hey, this is easy mode. And I'm like, dope. <laughs> <laughs> That's for me. Bandit Which definitely doesn't necessarily... seem like easy mode. That's the thing is it's not really easy mode because it's a melee build for the most part, but you get a bow and arrow right off the bat. So you kind of have the advantage of being able to like, you know, aggro enemies from afar and bring them to you. But man, I can't. Uh, I was just telling Alex earlier today that I'm having a lot of trouble at the Raya Lucaria Institute of Technology, and I can't beat the <laughs> damn queen Renalia, or whatever her name is, because she keeps blasting me with her magic spells and her giant summon spells, and, she's and playing it's hard to... fucking easy mode, because she's a fucking noob. 
What a sim. It's hard to like get in there nice and nice and fast and then like do some damage. And then I just I realized that I was like, oh yeah, that's probably because the Moonveil Katana has like magic damage when you use its special ability, and she takes like zero damage when you use spells against her because she's a magician. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, so you it's, know. it's just like not thinking about what I'm doing. I'm sitting here like, oh man, I'm so overpowered, man. I got this sweet katana and I can like fuck these people up, right? But I really can't. Like I did terrible at it, but. I just need to go back and try again. Um, but yeah, I, either way, like it's Elden Ring is so good. Well, and you, can, you can play like a super noob like Chad and I and wait for them to nerf the boss with an update and then realize <laughs> they fucked up and then undo it. And you just happen to beat General Radon while, while he was easy to beat for some. I just reason. really like like. If you look into the lore of him, like, and that's the other thing, the lore in this game is so ridiculous. And, and I really, I don't, I don't know where, like, George R. R. Martin, like, where his influence came from, other than, like, there's some feuding families, like, sort of. From what I heard, he, like, wrote what happened, like, millennia ago in the universe, and then From Software was like, that's cool, and just made up the same story that they usually do for, like, a Souls game. So I don't think he really. Yeah, either way, like, the story of Radon is like ridiculous because he's like this magic, enormous gravity like monster that like <laughs> he uses his gravity magic to ride his tiny companion horse around, which is hilarious. Like <laughs> it's like he's using magic so he doesn't crush the horse is yeah. what it is. And that's so funny to me. <laughs> it's so, so Japanese. Like, I mean, it is hilarious. Either well, it's way. It's like a it's fucking Baron Harkonnen in Dune using his gravity suspensors <laughs> to lift up his fat stomach so he can actually move around the world. Anyway. Spoiler alert. No, it's not a spoiler. Um, I've not seen or read any just of Just look Dune. at a screenshot of Stellan Skarsgård in Dune and you'll be like, yeah, that guy needs a fucking... Yeah, he needs gravity suspenders. suspenders. <laughs> I'm kind of convinced that that I mean, since my experience with Bloodborne, which was basically my first Souls experience, is that the difficulty of bosses is a it's it's somewhat subjective like how difficult it is to you because like I somehow I beat Father Gascoin in like one try. And he's supposed to be one of the hardest ones. And I didn't use the music box. And guess what? Because I didn't know about it. This game is going to make it even more subjective because you can go do so much other shit before you even bother with the bosses that you could walk into fucking Margit at level 75 if you wanted to and then just hit him with your sword three times and he's dead. Perfect. That's what I need to do. The the best thing about this Souls game is that you can over level by a thousand percent, and so I there's some bot like it, I had to fight a dragon to get the key to the Institute of Technology that you're talking about, John. I fucking destroyed that dragon with my boulder throwing spell. <laughs> I cast it like twelve times, and he didn't hit me once because I was on my horse and I could just run away. Like I I fought that whole I fought that entire fight I did on horseback with a bow and arrow. That's awesome. And there's Which is, like- is crazy because I think back to like the first dragon encounter in like Skyrim and how like you're basically just like, oh God, where is he? And you're like looking all over the place <laughs> and you can't find him. And this one, like you're on a horse and you're able to like circle him. And like every time you use your, your arrow, it like slows you down or whatever. Like in, in you, your horse stops like pacing and like whatever. But anyways, it's just like I was like so much easier than trying to fight a dragon in Skyrim. 
at least until you become like so grossly overpowered in Skyrim that you literally can bark at a dragon and they fall out of the sky. Like that, you know, it's just ridiculous. But yeah. it's like I I love the fact that I can overpower myself in this and go back and like you know I I I went through and I found a bunch of the catacombs in the first area of the game and like basically like unlocked all of their sites of grace and then like I hit level 71 and couldn't beat Rai Lucaria lady so I went and I was just like well I'm just going to go clean house in the first area of the game so I went through and started killing all the bosses in all the catacombs and caves and things and then marking mm-hmm. them with the markers on the map of which ones I actually like defeated and have moved on from. So now I feel like I'm just like, oh, I'm just a completionist. I'm just going to go through and I'm just going to kill everything and mark them on my map. And who else, who of my friends is going to do this? Nobody's this, this neurotic about this bullshit. <laughs> but it's just like, it's such a great, it's such a great game. And like when I'm playing on Steam Deck, I, I'm playing as a prisoner. So I have magic right off the bat and the rapier abilities, which is cool. Except the rapier abilities, the whatever any I, I don't know what is the what is the the strong weapon against like the the dudes in the mines like anything does anything hurt those guys or are they just made of fucking rock and like <laughs> which guys Gra- gravity magic the, probably you, you think yeah so I was just thinking like maybe the gravity magic like you can use your rock throwing ability and you just pick up one of those dudes and whip him at a wall and he dies like that That's would be hilarious yeah. no uh, I like honestly like the first thing that I found for like after we recorded was like oh go get the meteorite staff and then get the rock throw <laughs> it kills everything like it's <laughs> it's actual easy mode like it, it's very very good so I oh I that's why you're enjoying the game. Yeah, that's well, all I well, want. Well, like as as a samurai, like you can't use spells off the bat. Like you have to get your your uh, intelligence like in mind, like up to a specific level to yeah, even I use like either. a moon veil katana. And it took me forever to get that stuff leveled up because I was pumping everything into vigor and and uh, uh, dexterity because the katanas use dexterity. And I'd put a bunch into strength, thinking like, "Oh yeah, strength. It makes me stronger, so I'll hit harder." But like, I didn't realize the weapon scaling like works with specific stats at first because I'm an idiot. And like, then I figured that out, and I was like, "Well, I fucked all that up." And then I read about how like, "Oh, you get to Rai Lucario, and you can respect your character." And now I can't fucking kill the lady to respect my character, so I'm just like mad at the game. So I just I, the amount of times I picked up and put down that game yesterday in all of my free time is depressing. <laughs> It it made me sad. At the end of the day, I'm just I was like I literally hit a wall with it, and I was like I'm done with this. I'm just gonna put this game down, and I'm gonna watch twelve episodes of Suits, and I that's what I did. That was I'll my. I'll tell day you uh, right now. Um, Sekiro <laughs> runs really beautifully on this, <laughs> <laughs> and it took you three seconds to download because it would have taken me like four hours on my shit internet over here. Yeah, if you want me to download anything for you before I give it back to you, let me know. <laughs> No, I, just, I mean, Sek- Sekiro's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there some solid Wi-Fi built into that. It's, it works. It's been doing good for me. I didn't. I can let me. Uh, okay, so let me get out. I think Elden Ring here. probably took me 15 to 20 minutes to download or something. Like, it really didn't take me that exit long. Exit the game. It's a long time. When I added John, I told you I added the the uh, the emulator to Steam as a non-Steam game in desktop mode. So yeah. now there's a non-Steam section of the library. And as soon as I thumbed over to that, it was like, hey, uh, we're working on a better way to do this, but do you want us to install Chrome on this, too? And I said, yeah, I want you to install Chrome. Oh, So shit. I'm going to open that right now and go to speedtest.net, and then uh, we'll see. I'll let you know at least what I'm able to get. 
live streaming our testing of the Steam Deck here in the Midwest Game Nerds podcast. <laughs> Stimulating stuff. Yeah, we've got a bunch of viewers. That's cool. We've got six that it's showing, but there's more than six if I look in the mod view. I don't know how that works. Are those people watching on different channels or something like that? Yeah. It's just Chad on six different things. Yeah, it's just Chad. He's got, like, he's, <laughs> we're pulled up on the PS5. We're pulled up on his Switch. We're pulled up Thanks, on, like, Chad. everything he owns. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Chad. We love you, dude. All right. Speedtest.net is running on the Steam Deck right now. 15 millisecond ping. I'm getting almost 400 megs down, which is about what I get anyway with my gateway from at and so. Still better than my house. So yeah, I, I think if I had a better router, the Steam Deck would be performing better is basically what I'm saying, so. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. I think that's it for Steam Deck and Elden Ring for now, right? All that talk, it's getting me hyped to give it a, a real try instead of just kind of running around say on the steed. That I've, I've realized that each progressive Souls game that I've picked up, I've gotten more and more into it. Like, Bloodborne was my first Souls game, and Bloodborne was great. And I only played it till I got to, like, you know, Father Gargaskion or whatever his name is. Well, and then I pretty much put it down. And then Dark Souls 3 came out. And I feel like I got pretty far in Dark Souls 3. I don't know what that means, really, because those games don't have... There's, there's zero concept of time and length in them. So it just... They are what they are. Especially considering that Bloodborne has, like, the Chalice Dungeons, Chalice Dungeons. which are, like, yeah. completely a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Demon Souls, like, I feel like I got really far in Demon Souls until I, like, other games came out, and now Elden Ring I'm playing, and I'm like, oh, I'm, like, super, I'm just, like, fucking, like, wiping the floor with these guys, like, enjoying myself. I've put in 60-something, 60, 67 hours or whatever into this game. I, like, if you added up all of the three previous games, I don't think I hit 67 hours, like. I got into my theory on DLC, but I think the Souls games are just, it's, it's a form of Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> I think there's some some group of people that it clicks right away and it's good and whatever. I think there's a large group of people that picked up Demon Souls and were like, "What the fuck is the original Demon Souls?" And are like, "What the fuck is this? Like, this isn't good. These game design choices are terrible." And then they hear a lot of people talk about Dark Souls, so they buy Dark Souls and they're like, "This is just like that." But I mean, I kind of I know I I played this a little bit before. I kind of know a little bit about how it works. <laughs> And then they don't get very far. And then they pick up Dark Souls 2 because everybody's talking about it again. They're like, I think I think I like these games, actually. And then they pick up fucking Bloodborne. And they're like, Bloodborne is the greatest video game that's ever been made before. So it's like, <laughs> it's this weird gradual climb where, like, these games are made in such an interesting but, like, similar way. And they function in very similar ways that, like, you are literally accumulating knowledge about how all of them work as you bounce off of each of them. Like... So they've like weirdly lucked into this like fan base that might have hated them at first, but then now loves them because they've gotten to a point where they've accumulated enough knowledge to be good at it. You know, yeah. like it's taken me seven of these games to not be like, I should run up to this guy and hit R1 as much as I possibly can. <laughs> I should just blow down this hallway without thinking about it. Like, yeah. What bad, if I ran down an idea, man? Checking yeah. my corners. What's that? Because yeah. if you're going to blow down that hallway, there's going to be a switch in the floor. It's going to launch arrows or fire at you. And then when you get to the end of the hallway with like less than half of your life, there's going to be some fucking enemy hiding around the corner that like can somehow sense that you're there before like you even realize what's going on and you're dead. 
And that's why in this one, they're basically just like, people know how this works. We're just going to throw fucking wolves at you out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's raining wolves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I anyway. could talk about it all fucking day, dude. I could. I really could. I I'm really sure could. I'm sure it will come up again. Yeah, it will, because so, I'll probably play just, more, it, and I'll want to talk about it. You think about, like, I think about Bloodborne, and the first time I played Bloodborne, and how long it took me to get to Father Gar- Gaskion, or whatever his name is, Gascoin. and then when, when I got my PS5, and I downloaded Bloodborne again, and it took me, like, five minutes to get to him, and I was like, yeah, I'm a pro at this game, and then I put <laughs> it down again, and never touched it. <laughs> I've mastered this shit. <laughs> yeah, I know what's going on. Uh, no, no, this is nothing. I got nothing. far enough to where I don't want to restart, but it's really hard to get back into it because I'm like hey, in the shit. I think I that. made it about a third of the way into the game. Wait for the fucking remake that's been worked on for the past <laughs> 10 years. Where's that shit? Well, I'll start it again then if they remake it. That's exactly. fine. Yeah, you'll be all right. That's the other thing. They're they're like Sony business analyzed this shit. They're like, man, everybody bounced off of Demon Souls because they thought it was terrible. What if we put it out again? And they're like, it's the biggest Souls game that's ever been sold. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Uh, all right, news. I'm gonna come back to this story because it's maybe the biggest one. Brian, there's a new Monkey Island coming called Return to Monkey Island, and you're excited about it. Yeah, isn't this the biggest story? I think so. Sure. It's the biggest one for you. Uh, the art looks very pretty, and uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's uh, you know, seeing Lucasfilm games on games now makes me very happy. Indeed, and interesting that Devolver Digital is also involved in it. So uh, yeah, awesome. Ron, yes, Gilbert, the- Ron Gilbert's the original series creator, and he is working on this. He has been time. working on it for two years. In awesome. secrecy, along with uh, Dave Grossman, I think his name is. Yep. Um, yeah. And also, coincidentally, well, or not so coincidentally, he tweeted like nine years ago or something that if he ever had the chance to make another Monkey Island, he would announce it on April Fool's Day, which <laughs> he did almost a few he days missed it late. Three days. Yeah. One business day later. But, man, yeah, I love Monkey Island games. The observed holiday of April Fool's is actually today. <laughs> I uh, I actually rebought a bunch of them on uh, Steam, like, because they had a sale. I think they were all for sale for, like, five bucks or something. Uh, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say John and I have not played any or finished any of the Monkey Island games. Probably, that's correct. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's sad. You can finish the first one in about 30 minutes if you know what you're doing. That's cool. My thing is, I just, like, these sorts of games, like the point and clicks, like, always just bored the shit out of me. I mostly just assumed it was Tom talked about it too much, and you were like, I'm never going to play this fucking game. <laughs> I mean, that was part. I didn't have to play it because Tom told me the whole fucking game. Like, I, there was no reason to play it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, fair. Is this whatever. what inspired Tom to want to be a pirate? Probably. Probably. Yeah, that and his like world travels when he was basically like fuck college and then disappeared for nine months. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh next up. Uh there's a sequel to Hyper Light Drifter coming called Hyper Light Breaker. And it's a three D co op game that is coming to early access in early twenty twenty three. Uh it looks very cool. 
um, cool anime-ish uh, trailer came out with a little bit of what looks like gameplay. And it looks like Heart Machine is taking some of their graphical knowledge that they gained making uh, Solar Ash. Uh, and, you know, making a fully fleshed out kind of hyperlight drifter game in that engine probably. So, I'm excited for it. Uh, I wish I liked Solar Ash a little more. Maybe I gotta give it another try. But, uh, yeah, I like Heart Machine. Glad yeah, the, arts, the art style is like crazy cool. It's super cool looking. Um... Yeah, like kind of lower frame rate anime on cool 3D backgrounds. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the gameplay will be like. And uh, if, yeah, maybe all three of us can play it or maybe it's just two player. I don't know. It looks like there's like a squad of four in the art that they show of the title. So um, it might be a four player game. We'll see. Uh, in delay news, uh, Suicide Squad got delayed to 2023, and more importantly, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel has also been delayed to 2023. Um, Nintendo announced it on Twitter with a YouTube video uh, of the uh, of uh, the producer Eiji Aonuma coming out to say, uh, you know, they need more time. So, and then everybody went on Twitter with the. Uh, Miyamoto quote of a uh, uh, a rushed game is forever bad, but a delayed game is potentially good or whatever it is. So there you go. Zelda Breath of the Wild two coming later. Um, it's fine. I don't have to buy a Switch for even longer now. There you go. <laughs> There's a Witcher five in develop or Witcher five Witcher four in development. CD Projekt Red is switching the game to Unreal Engine five. They will not be using the Red Engine or whatever it was called that they've used for previous uh, Witcher games. They were uh, probably like, oh, yeah, we learned a lot from Cyberpunk. <laughs> That's exactly what they were thinking. They're like, hey, Dude, we, don't we should to, probably uh, we you don't know, have to use fix something all these, that's a little more widely usable. We don't have to fix all these fucking bugs if we switch to an engine that actually works. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Who else new... needs to take that hint? Is that like Dice or whoever? Like, God, yeah. fucking Dice, uh, and fucking Bethesda, Bethesda could learn that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty, that'd be pretty good for them. Uh, and the, the tagline is a new saga begins. I think people have been theorizing that the next game would be series centric anyway, was my understanding. Um, mm-hmm. based on at least one of the endings of the Witcher three, it would make okay. sense that it would be based on Siri. It's going to fuck up everybody's iPhone. Yeah. Good. All good that, one. all that voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Okay. Uh, it, every we'll iPhone have to and, say like, HomePod and like any of that shit, you know, like, yeah, that's fair. I don't know. My watch didn't do anything. I so can imagine. Good. I mean, the Witcher Apple just needs to lean into it and like make it a companion in the game, you know? Yeah. Make, yeah. There's like special Witcher content that comes up when it hears the yeah. name Siri from the game. Like when you could play Skyrim on your on your like Google on your, Home and yeah. stuff. Yep. Uh Mass Effect director Casey Hudson is making an all new AAA sci fi game from Humanoid Studios, which is his new studio. Uh sounds awesome. Yeah. That's all we know, right? Give now. me more sci-fi games, especially um, ones from 
ex Bioware people. So this is something I I don't I can't verify this exactly, but um I think his name is Brandon Sanderson, the really famous like sci-fi author. Uh, FromSoft reached out to him to talk about doing a sci-fi Souls, possibly. If I were, like I think I think he, he like did he was streaming on Twitch when he received a package from them and they basically like un he basically got like like some baller edition of like El- Elden Ring. And yeah. they were like, uh, they left him a note or something that said, "We'd like to, con- we'd like to talk" or something like that. Like I can't remember exactly yeah. what it was. Video Somebody posted games, it on Twitter. Video Games Chronicle reporting: Elden Ring's publisher wants to work with author Brandon Sanderson, and he quote has a Soulsborne pitch. Yeah, that's very cool. I've For heard real, great things about his books. Um, I can't He's read, also one so of the largest Kickstarter like campaigns of all time, I think, because he raised what like fifteen million dollars or something like that. Like. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not to surprised. write a book. Yeah, to write to write a, a series of books, I believe. Yeah, it says he also. Uh, this article from Video Games Chronicle says Sanderson said, "Quote: I always have a pitch for everything. That's the thing. Like, if I were ever going to do a Soulsborne game, what would I do? You guys know what happened when I thought. Quote: I wondered what I would do if I ever wrote a Magic the Gathering story. I spent four years developing a Magic the Gathering story so that when Magic the- contacted me and they said, "Hey, do you want to write a story?" I could say, yes, I already have one, and I will write it. <laughs> and then he said, the same way, I've been thinking, what would I do if I did a Soulsborne sort of game? Obviously, I don't get to decide that, right? But I have it in the back of my head, so maybe you guys will hear something from me. I have ideas. I have some ideas. I always have ideas. So that's very cool. Maybe right, he'll do yeah. the Armored armored Core story or something like that. Oh, that would mm. be sick. Yeah. Um... Grand Theft Auto Plus is GTA Online's new monthly subscription only on PS5 and Xbox Series X. You can pay $5.99 a month, and they will give you $500,000 of in-game currency automatically delivered to your Maze bank account each month. The Principe Divest 8, which whatever the hell that is, some auto shop... All this crap that you should not pay five ninety nine a month for because they've already gotten all of your money from the shark cards that you purchased. Also, on the PlayStation it, Three and the Xbox Three Sixty. Who who cares, man? Like if they if they want to make a subscription service, like good for them. Like it doesn't affect anybody who wants to play the game. Otherwise, it's not like the game itself is only subscription based. It doesn't yet, but then they're gonna be like, oh, you get this sweet fucking car and gun that one shots ever. You can get the golden gun from Goldeneye. Who like, cares? I don't know. It's just I don't know. They're gonna do the same thing to Red Dead, and you know, it's just every all of this is this is what we get from uh, Rockstar from now on. I've got an idea, Rockstar. How about you make a new video game? <laughs> just put out a, a new game come up with something fresh make a new grand theft auto it's not like crime in 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 the united states has gone away <laughs> you just had four years of golden content from 2016 to 2020 Make the make make a, oh, a man. Donald you Trump imagine, facsimile like, the main character of a new fucking Grand Theft Auto I game. I can't. I can't even imagine like what that game would be like. In ter- the writing would be 
awesome. It would be the funniest game ever. It seems more like a Saints Row game to me than a Grand Theft Auto game, but whatever. Well, that's has anybody played Saints Row with a character that looks like Donald Trump yet? Because that would be a fun stream. Reality's got so fucking stupid that when it goes through the Rockstar filter, it becomes a a Saints Row game instead of a Grand Theft Auto (laughs) game. That's where we're at now. That's the current baseline. So, uh, yeah. Gran Turismo 7 players were awarded $1 million million credits free after the backlash over the downtime and grind that has uh, taken hold in the game. Uh, I talked a little bit about this on DLC. Basically, the game was down for like a little over a day or almost a whole day. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was due to a weird bug. But then also once it was live again, people noticed that you were getting fewer rewards for the activities that you were doing. You're getting less money. Um, And so basically they're uh, trying to make good on that. But uh, people are still. You know, it's going to be a time they're, they're working on adjusting the economy even more to try and make sure that people are happy with it and that they are happy with it as well. So we'll see what they do. But it's interesting to me that like Forza Motorsport 7 got a lot of crap for this and Gran Turismo is also getting a lot of crap for this. And like, will there ever be a new racing game that does not get a lot of crap for this? I think that Hot Wheels game that everybody liked a couple months ago also had weird microtransaction stuff. It's very strange. If you just want to be showered in free cars and shit, you got to play Forza Horizon games. That That's kind of the weird like reaction to it is like, well, if you don't like the Forza Motorsport model, then just play Horizon because they'll just give you free cars all the time. I think I have like 250 cars already in yeah. Forza Horizon 5, and I haven't even played it nearly as much as the other ones. Brian's that kid that shows up at the playground with his, like, matchbox cars and, like, a fucking duffel bag, and he just, like, dumps them all out, and he's like, look what I got. I wouldn't dump them all out. I'd take care of my shit. He would take them all out one at a time and line them up on the sand. That's right. <laughs> oh, it wouldn't be on the sand. It would be on a protective film that's over the <laughs> he, sand. He would, he would unroll, like, a yoga mat and, like, lay them all out. <laughs> he's got a desk mat that's, like, a, it's like a keyboard mat, but it's made specifically yeah. for his Hot Wheels. And it's like six feet long. <laughs> uh, so what I thought... Oh, man. Has anybody made the desk mat, like, the little kid's carpet with, like, the roads and, like, the city, like, <laughs> scape on it? Because that would be a really great desk mat. That would be pretty good. I don't know. I haven't seen that anywhere. You should probably It doesn't go with my those. color scheme. It doesn't yeah. match my RGB. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was looking at. I wouldn't If you put it. working traffic lights in it, though, and the LEDs would be dope as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I think you're on to something. Oh boy. Um Yeah, so PlayStation Plus is getting revamped in June with multiple tiers. Uh Jeff Grubb was right a long time ago. Um so basically PlayStation Plus Essential is your current PlayStation Plus subscription. You will get your monthly downloadable games. You'll have some exclusive discounts. You get cloud storage and you have online multiplayer for your games. That's going to remain at the $9.99 monthly or $60 yearly price. Um, And then, so in addition to that, there's two more tiers. The extra tier has all the previous benefits. 
but also gives you 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games available for download or streaming play. I believe you can download or stream the PS4 games and you can download the PS5 games. That's $15 a month and $100 yearly. And finally, PlayStation Plus Premium gives you all the previous benefits and then also adds up to 340 additional games, including PS3 games, which are only playable via cloud streaming, and then a catalog of select PlayStation, PS2, and PSP games. You'll be able to stream those on your PC as well, like you've been able to do with PlayStation Now. And then finally, there's also going to be time-limited game trials that will be offered. That's most likely going to be the day-and-date first-party releases from Sony, because those games will still not be coming to any of these three tiers day-and-date. Um, but at launch, they're going to give you Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal, which is the newest game on that list, at about a year old. So, uh, what do you guys think of this? I think it is needlessly complicated and <laughs> expensive, and I'm kind of annoyed. And just as this was announced, Microsoft came out with the major bitch slap and was like, hey, everybody, welcome to the Microsoft Game Pass Family Pass. Microsoft walked up and slapped Sony in the mouth and then <laughs> sat down and said, keep Game Pass out your fucking mouth. <laughs> Everybody's making a Will Smith joke nowadays. Why not? <clears throat> I didn't think we would bring it into the podcast, but I'm okay with it. I'm for it. It's not uh, the first Will Smith joke I've made in the last week, actually. But anyway, um, maybe I'll tell that story in the uh, in the in the side quest. Yeah, did no. You, like, did you punch a kid in Disney World and say I didn't welcome punch to anybody Earth? Anybody in Disney World? I'll just basically say this: somebody we went to we went to Epcot with some friends, and one of them wanted like a mango margarita, and they were out of that flavor, and it came back to get your fucking margarita out of my mouth or so I don't know whatever anyway, <laughs> it's not that great of a story um yeah I don't know I'm curious this would have mattered much more to me if they would give me a list of what could possibly be on that what's available for PlayStation 1 and 2 and PSP but other than that like I'm not chomping at the bit to get a weird library of PS4 and 5 games. Yeah. Most of which I probably already own. Because they're probably a bunch <laughs> of old PlayStation Plus gifts. You know? And if you've already spent hundreds of dollars on the physical copy, why are you going to spend this much more on the digital ones? <laughs> that you can't play if your subscription lapses. Exactly. Know? So... There was a there was a brief window where you could get PlayStation Now for $60 a year and uh you could stack it as much as you wanted and if you have PlayStation Now they're giving you the most expensive tier of PlayStation Plus for free for that many years in June starting in June when things switch over Um I did buy a year of Now so I would get that and I could check it out but who knows if I'll continue to subscribe to the most expensive tier because I probably own all the PlayStation 1 and 2 and PSP games that I would ever want to play on the service. 
So, yeah. And, and like I said, they're still not offering day and date first party releases like Microsoft is doing with Game Pass. Is it cool they're doing it? Yeah, sort of. Does it matter? Not really, because Microsoft wins. Like, they win this. Like Microsoft certainly know. got there first. But, you yeah. know, I mean, but the same thing is, like, I don't know. The, the weird part about it is when Game Pass came out, I feel like everybody was on board. Even us. We were like, this is an interesting experiment. But the fact of the matter was, if first party games are on there... Even if it costs me $120 per year, Microsoft only has to release two video games that I care about it for it to be worth the amount of money that I'm spending on it immediately. And Sony's still not quite getting there with this subscription. Yeah. But I did hear an interesting discussion that, like, most of the first-party Sony games at this point are single-player experiences, like Horizon and Miles Morales and, like, all of that stuff, even Returnal up until like two weeks ago when they put out this new update was single player. Microsoft puts out like Halo, Halo Infinite on Game Pass, and you can put a bunch of money into it through microtransactions. And you can buy a bunch of DLC for Forza Horizon. And you can still, they can still make money off of the games that they're putting out on Game Pass, right. even if you're a Game Pass subscriber. So that's why Sony can't really do it, you know. If they put, if they put uh, Horizon Forbidden West on there, what are they gonna do? Right. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it's interesting, and I feel like there's a world for both of these, but also that news about Sony buying Bungie to make more live service games kind of tells you that they want to be in Microsoft's position. They want to be right. able to give you a game for free and make you spend money on it. So I'm interested to see where these tiers go and if there's even anything worth playing from the PlayStation one, two and PSP. I'm mostly curious about how downloading those is even going to look. What are they going to look like on a 4k screen? Right. Are they going to do anything to them to make them worth kind of like playing nowadays on that nah. technology? I don't like, <sighs> If I could put four PS2 games in picture-in-picture -picture mode or something, like <laughs> it'd still I don't know be too why high. Why do that? Yeah. So, anyway, I think that's it for the news this week. Uh, right Sony bought another studio, Jade Raymond's studio that she founded after leaving uh, Google Stadia. Jade Raymond, known mostly for the creation of Assassin's Creed at Ubisoft, I believe. Or one of the head producers on that at the time. So, and I think she's currently working on a live service game, is maybe why they bought her for studio. So, I guess that makes sense, right? Yeah. That's it. Right on. Well, <clears throat> everyone, if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at npn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jace K, Tom Z, Chris K, Alan K, Dave Steele, and Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks of joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. We're going to talk about Alex's trip today, and we're going to talk about some books that I read slash listened to because I can't actually read, so I use audiobooks. 
Um, <laughs> butter and chips. I don't know. We're going to talk about butter, Polish butter chips. And uh, yeah, some other stuff, maybe. I don't know. I've, I don't know. We've got some stuff. Yeah. But that's going to be in the side quest. And if you're a patron, you get that tomorrow. If you're not a patron, then you get it next week. So is it worth it? You're going to want to hear it. I'm going to retell that Margarita Will Smith joke, and it's going to be way funnier that time. Uh, yeah, probably not, but that's okay. Anyways, uh, as always, we do appreciate feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Thanks, everybody, in the Twitch chat today. It was a nice, active chat. It was fun. Uh, shout out to all of you in there. Uh, yes, we appreciate you. you very much, and uh, hopefully you join us next time again, because I think this was one of our higher episode viewer counts. Yes. While we're sitting here. And it's not just the three of us looking at our own fucking Twitch like a bunch of losers. <laughs> Anyways, we will see you next time. I'm not sure what we're going to talk about, but we'll figure that out and we'll let you know. Probably some Kirby or something like that. And Elden Ring and Steam else? Deck. Some more Elden Ring, some more Steam Deck, some <laughs> emulation on the Steam Deck. Who knows? All kinds of good stuff. And uh, yeah, we will see you next time. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. Peace.